Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I said something with the kazoo this time. Could you read it? I'm not just blowing smoke, Fred. I, I'm 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 saying something here. I'm talking to you, man. Time you start listening. It's time you start hearing the real sounds. Oh, you're there now. Let's go. Five eyes are blue. But oh, 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 what she can do? Anybody see my gal? Thank <laughs> you. 
uh, brown shoes, and he was wearing white duck shorts, lost in the vicinity of Greenwich Avenue. Female, white, 3 feet 9 inches tall, 406 pounds, last seen wearing a gray poncho, and apparently was wearing a beanie with a propeller on the head. Uh, lost. A, uh, there's always a pause. See, he always has trouble reading. Lost. Uh, uh, a uh, Dalmatian puppy. No, no, that's the other list. Uh, lost. Uh, a, uh, a, a female uh, of indeterminate color, 6 feet 9 inches, 46 pounds, last seen wearing a burlap, uh, burlap gunny sack skirt. Uh, was wearing uh, sandals, uh, was seen on the Bowery, and uh, last seen in 1962 by her relatives in the Bronx. And now we return you to our station. That was our broadcast from the Bureau of Missing Persons, and now we return to our regular broadcast. <laughs> I mean, that, that's real radio, man. Eyes are two, eyes are blue, but oh, 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 what them five feet can do. Has anybody, has anybody seen my gal? Oh, she's something else. Oh. Turned up nose, turned down hose. She's a flapper all the way. Has anybody seen my gal? Somehow that, uh, that uh, it just it just fits the, the <laughs> it just fits the Friday mystique, don't it? Hey, that reminds me. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, particular scene. I have a little, you know, the the whole pop culture thing. Just uh, just uh, it's, it's ready. It's ready to blow up all different ways. In fact, you know that uh, I have a little note here from Tokyo. Um... Uh, one of Babe Ruth's authenticated baseball caps has been offered for sale to the Japan External Trade Organization. 
Now, why, you know, why uh, Babe Ruth's baseball cap being offered for sale in Japan? Well, because he's a, he's a bigger national hero than he is here. Well, that's a fact. I mean, Babe Ruth is like, uh, you know, like uh, King Kong or something to the Japanese, you know? And uh, one of the funny little sidelights of the Japanese uh, hang-up on Babe Ruth is a buddy of mine, a friend of mine, was, uh, he was on one of the islands, you know, on the Pacific during uh, World War II, and uh, he said he couldn't believe it. See, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's a 17-year-old gyrene, you know, and uh, they land on this place there, and a lot of stuff flying all around the place and yelling and hollering, and he's laying in this hole one night, and, uh, you know, he's scared out of his skin, and every once in a while something would go, bark, 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 stuff flying over him. And, uh, you know, he just he just figured it was all over. Nothing's, you know, nothing's going to happen yet uh, that's going to save him, see. And he's just laying there, dug in as much as he can dig, when all of a sudden he hears this voice say, Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, so, Yankee, you listen to me, Yankee. Babe Ruth, bum! Babe Ruth, a bum! What the hell is this? And he hears this voice again. Yankee, my man, you listen. Babe Ruth, bum! Babe Ruth, a big bum! What the hell is this? He lays there in the hole again, and every couple of seconds, some automatic weapon opens up in the darkness, and he sees the tracers going over his head. And he lays, you know, he's just hanging into that dirt, but he can't figure out what he's hearing. So he thinks, "What is my mind going, or what's you know what's happening?" And then he hears once again, "Ah, you Yankee Marine, you listen good, you Yankee man, me Japanese petty officer, I say to you." Babe Ruth, big bum. Babe Ruth, no good. You come out fight. Babe Ruth, no good. He says the Japanese were trying to make the Americans mad by hollering Babe Ruth is a bum. They wanted to jump up and say, What do you mean, Babe Ruth's a bum? You know, he says, No way. <laughs> then he realized that the, that the East is the East and the West is the West. The great the, ne'er the twain shall meet. And the... Apparently, the Japanese would jump out of their holes and come running forward if somebody hollered, Babe Ruth, bomb you Japanese, huh? <laughs> this reminds me, speaking of bum, this is WOR in New York. And now here is a word from the California Prune Advisory Board, and they will give you some very fine advice on prunes. Eve, isn't this a nice part of the garden? Lovely, you've never been in here before. I, I scouted ahead yesterday and picked it out. Nice picnic area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I packed some peanut butter and also some oh, liver Oh, Adam, I don't want that stuff. It's very nourishing. I'm not in the mood for that. I want some fruit. Fruit is well, so healthy. Don't start. Look, there's fruit all over here. You look. <laughs> They're funny looking. They're called prunes. <laughs> prunes? That's perfect. I want one. <laughs> A lot of girls laugh when they hear prunes. Now, maybe it's because they don't know that pound-for-pound pound, prunes have nearly six times the iron of the six leading fresh fruits, or that prunes are good for a girl's complexion, or that prunes have eight times the vitamin A of the most popular fresh fruit. California prunes, the funny fruit that does so much for you. What kind of trouble can you get into with a prune? <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way, you know what it's going for, the Babe Ruth hat over there. It's, uh, the, the cap was found by a, uh, an authenticated uh, cap finder, apparently. The cap was found in Yankee Stadium in 1935. It was found in a locker or something there. The cap has Ruth's name inside of it, 
and has been authenticated by the Yankee front office is actually the cap belonging to Babe Ruth. They want five grand for it, which isn't much. Not considering what a lot of bad stuff is going for in a lot of the galleries around town, I'll tell you. I mean, it isn't much, really. It's an authentic Babe Ruth cap. And uh, I don't know whether they ever sold it or not. Just a little note. You know, that, that uh, speaking of that, I I, uh, I had a chance one time to buy something like that. This friend of mine was, a, was you know, was a real auction nut. Have you ever gone to auctions? I mean, I mean real auctions. I don't mean the kind of auctions we, you know, down at Atlantic City where they bring you in and, and all these ladies with the blue hair sit there and bid on these diamonds and stuff. I'm talking about real auction, you know, where it's all out in the yard someplace and, and uh, they got a couple of trucks and there's a sheriff or somebody up there and he's banging away with the gavel. That's an auction. And people all sort of stand in the weeds and uh, wait for something good to come up. Well, this buddy of mine said, he said, listen, he said, uh, he said, I got a chance to go to this auction. He said, I'm going to go out to auction. He said, it's outside of Philadelphia. See, and at the time, I was living in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, I was uh, you know, I was very innocent. Uh, uh, when you look back on your life, you know, you can see about five million fantastic things you missed because of your innocence. Oh, God, innocence is a terrible disease. I mean, it's one of the worst. I'll tell you, one of the worst diseases I ever knew. Um, you know, I, oh, yeah, listen, there was the time of that, that chick outside of Washington. You know, this fantastic girl that uh, that I knew that I couldn't figure, you know, I couldn't figure I could even get within, you know, four or five hundred yards of her. Say, and uh, I'm uh, sitting in the cafeteria one day, this is saying, you know, innocence does you in, you know. I'm sitting in the cafeteria, and this girl comes up to me and sits opposite me in the cafeteria, and she says, uh, gee, she said, uh, are you having difficulty with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, Differential equations that uh, Mr. Mr. Quimby's been giving us, and I said, "Yeah, I have been, but uh, I'm doing them all right." She says, "Oh, I'm having such a terrible time with the differential equations." And I said, "Oh, is that right, Pamela?" You know, I figure she's going to ask me to help her do the the, the problems. You know, so there's certain kinds of guys that only get asked that kind of stuff. You know, when when the real stuff is passed out, they're somewhere out, in, you know, out in the driveway outside of McDonald's. You know, they're not where it's really. So I said, "Well." Uh, Gee, I'd be glad to help you, you know. <laughs> Gee, you know, it's the only way I could get close to this girl, help her with the differentials. She said, oh, uh, she said, oh, I, I, I don't want to do it here. She said, I, I'm, uh, I'm right now, I'm doing an assignment for, uh, for medieval history, and, and I don't have time. She said, however, um, well, uh, you know, I live in Chevy Chase, uh, <laughs> and uh, my parents aren't going to be home the whole weekend, and I just thought it would be kind of nice if you came over Saturday afternoon and uh, help me with my differentials. What the hell do you think I did? Well, I don't even want to tell you. I, I, I might as well. I'll just tell you what innocence will do you. I said, well, t- well, gee, I said, Saturday afternoon, Pamela? And she said, yes, uh, anytime Saturday afternoon. Anytime at all. I said, well, gee whiz. Me and Corky were going to go and play tennis down at the indoor courts all Saturday afternoon. And she said, well, you can make it Saturday night. Just as well. I said, well, gee, uh, oh, gee whiz, Pam, I, I, Pamela, you don't mind if I call you Pam? She said, no, please do. I said, gee whiz, Pam, me and Corky was going to go bowling after we finished playing tennis, and then, you know, we figured we'd go out and have some pizza, and gee whiz. She said, well... You can 
come after bowling, you know. Nobody's going to be home, just me. Well, oh, yeah, but, uh, gee, we'll have a, you know, be bowling until 10, 11 o'clock at night. So, anytime. I said, yeah, but i got to get up early in the morning, Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah, me and, me and, you know, we was, uh, you know, we were going to get up early in the morning. We were going to go down and... She said, well, that's all right, then, if you don't want to come over. But by the way, she said, uh, if you wanted to come Saturday night, uh, just don't hesitate to call. I don't have to tell you. What did I do all Saturday? Yeah, me and this guy hit tennis balls back and forth. That night I went bowling, and I ate pizza, and I went to bed. I got up very early, and I went out with this other guy. We went out and helped him put up his antenna that we were going to do. And anyway, the whole weekend went down the drain. And so about Wednesday, I'm sitting in the same cafeteria, and up comes this guy I knew. Guy named Smedley, as a matter of fact. He comes up and he says, Oh, man, he said, I'm just about getting back into shape. My God. I said, What, Smed? He said, Did I have a fantastic weekend? He said, You know this chick, Pamela? I said, Yeah. He said, My God. Fantastic. She came over and asked me if I'd help her with her differentials. <laughs> differentials. What a joke. He said, I didn't leave there till 4 a.m. Monday morning. Oh, what a fantastic weekend. She never asked me again. Five foot two, eyes of blue. Oh, what them five feet can do? Has anybody... You know, I'll just tell you, innocence is a terrible, terrible burden to carry. And some people carry innocence all their lives. That's the truth. And uh, those people, I can only say, I feel terrible, terrible commiseration for. You know, the truly innocent. And they do. They carry it all their lives. And they don't see 90% of what's happening in life due to the fact that they have this fantastic innocence. Well, of course, I go through those. You know, I, I went through all that. I had the, that period when I wore a cloak of innocence around me like a waterproof shield, you know, shielding me against reality and all the great stuff I could have been doing. Well, <laughs> if I could ever get back into ham and high, knowing what I know, oh, man. Well, that's another story. But uh, nevertheless... And it's this occasion, this guy says to me, so you like to go out to this uh, this auction? I said, sure, all right. You know, what the hell, I don't have anything to do. So we go out to the auction. And it's being held in some kind of a farmhouse, you know? And uh, I've never been to one of these auctions. I've been to other auctions, but I've never been to this kind. See, I've always been to the kind where they have this place, you know, there's a guy up there with a with a lectern and all. But this is an auction out in a farmyard. And they've got all kinds of stuff sitting in the, in the weeds there that they're auctioning off, like... Uh, chest of drawers, and there's uh, hat racks, and and uh, kitchen table, and all that, just pictures and stuff, see? Well, I'm standing in the crowd there, there must have been a, maybe 7,500 people there, see? And uh, and I'm watching the auction. Well, you know, I had a little job that I was doing after school. I must have had maybe 15, 20 bucks in my pocket. So, I, you know, I was healed. I was carrying, you know? So I'm standing. So I had. I have no excuse for what I did. I'm standing in the crowd. I can't believe what I see in the middle of all this ordinary-looking pap. There's nothing. See, all kinds of bad-looking stuff. You know, like uh, horse collars. Uh, you know, that the pokers for the furnace. You know, the kind of stuff you really need bad when you're going to school. You know, this stuff is all around. They had, you know, a chest of drawers, and they had a bookcase full of old Sears robot catalogs. Not you know, see any the. The guy is up there. He's laying it out, see? And and uh, he's auctioning this stuff off. It's a sheriff or something. 
can't believe what I see. Right in the middle of all this nothing stuff is a gigantic statue. It's just totally out of context. A great big statue. I'm looking at the statue, and I can't believe what I'm seeing. It's an eight-foot-high statue of Babe Ruth in color. It's colored. He's got his bat, and he's just about to swing. He's not just standing there looking out gummy. He's in his complete Yankee uniform, and he's standing uh, at the plate. It was it was on a base. You know, this, this uh, statue was on a great big base, and there in the base was the plate. You could see a plate. And he's standing there. He's just about, you know, the, that famous stance. You've probably seen pictures of the famous Babe Ruth stance with his feet very close together. And he would lean forward slightly, you know, with his, his wrists cocked. And, uh, yeah, he stood with his feet right together, sort of like a big bow-shaped thing, just standing like that. And he had his cap pulled down low, NY on the, on the, on the peak of it. You know, you could see this is, this is Babe Ruth, and he's about to lace into one. And I look at that thing. It's an eight-foot-high statue of Babe Ruth. Well, I thought, that's a great thing to have. And so they're auctioning off all the horse collars and stuff, and finally the auctioneer comes to the comes to the the, the thing I'm looking at, see? And he says, And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have over here a genuine authenticated statue of Babe Ruth, the old Bambino himself, the Sultan of Swamp. Uh, Babe Ruth, this statue is a genuine statue, and you'll notice that it's in genuine lifelike colors. It's eight feet, six inches tall, and would make a magnificent addition to anyone's lawn. We have the statue of Babe Ruth now going. Who will offer the first offer? We will take no offers less than $5 for the statue. We'll offer $5. Some guy puts his hand up. So I'm standing in the crowd, see, and the only time in my life I've ever, I was ever moved to offer anything, on, you know, by, on, a, on a statue or anything else. I, you know, first of all, I, you know, I, I never uh, bought anything in auctions. I went to them, but I never bought anything. But here's a statue of Babe Ruth, eight-foot-high statue. And if there's anybody that's in more into baseball, you know, than me, I'd like to know. And Babe is towering. He's fantastic. I don't know whether you've ever seen an eight-foot-high slugger standing at the plate made out of, I don't know what it was made out of. It looked like concrete or something. And there he is, beautiful statue. He's got a bat, big Louisville slugger. See, he's ready to dig in there. It was really impressive. And the pinstripes, the whole work, see? And, and uh, I, I said to myself, gee, that's a great thing. So here's a guy standing next to me, some guy in overalls. You know, he puts his hand, he says, ah, five dollars. Well, so without thinking, I leaped into the fray. I said, uh, five fifty. And the auctioneer says, five fifty is now bid on the Sultan of Swat. Sultan of Swat going once. We have a five foot, five dollar and twenty five, five dollar and a half bid going once. Going once. It is number seventeen on your catalog. It is a genuine eight-foot, six-inch-high statue of Babe Ruth, the Bambino himself. You'll see that he's in full uniform. Now, come on, you can do better than that. We have five fifty going twice. Some guy out in the bushes hollers, six dollars. Well, now we start all over again. You know, I'm out of it right off the bat. You know, six bucks. So with that, he he picks up this. He has a hammer, so he starts hammering away. He says, "Let's go, let's go now. Six dollars bid on Babe Ruth. Six dollars, Babe Ruth. Big old Babe Ruth over there. You'll notice he still wears his number on the back of his uniform. Who can forget Babe Ruth, the Sultan of Swat, a true American hero, the great Bambino himself, wearing big number three on his back? There he goes. He's getting ready to hit his home run into the right field stands at Yankee Stadium. I now have six dollars once." Anybody going to go? 
Six dollars twice. Well, something said to me, bid six fifty. Unfortunately, most of us have another voice deep down within us. That's the voice of the chicken. Within every one of us, there resides a chicken. And sometimes he surfaces, sometimes he doesn't. Invariably, when he does surface, you can be sure it's bad news in the end. Well, I could hear that chicken say, he says, And now we have Bambino going once. For six dollars, Bambino going twice. For six dollars, and I think, I got a bid on this thing. And I could hear the chicken go, You know, what the hell you're going to do with a Bambino Sultan Swat, eight and a half foot high Sultan Swat? I said, the hell with you, chicken. Six seventy-five. Ah, thank you, thank you. We have a bid for six dollars and seventy-five cents. Six dollars and seventy-five cents. Now, come on, ladies and gentlemen, this is ridiculous. This is the Babe Ruth himself, Babe Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the hero of millions of American boys, the world hero that all of us know and all of us love, Babe Ruth, the only man alive who's ever had a candy bar named after him. This is Babe Ruth, the Sultan of Swat, standing up at the plate at Yankee Stadium. And by the way, it looks to me from where I'm standing, that's an authentic Yankee Stadium plate that has been embedded in that magnificent, beautifully carved base. Babe Ruth, going once for $6.75. This is a terrible thing, ladies and gentlemen. Babe Ruth going for $6.75. Do you understand what I am saying? Babe Ruth going for $6.75. Going twice for $6.75. I'll bid $7. Son of a gun. I had it right in my hands. Well, a spirited bidding then began. Somebody raised it to seven and a quarter. It got up to seven seventy-five, and I thought to myself, "I better bid. I better bid." And that man is standing up there. He says, "Ladies and gentlemen, we do not going to have to get down to these other other lots now. We don't have all day now. It's getting dark now. We're going to have to move right on." It's seven dollars and seventy-five cents going once. Seven dollars seventy-five cents going twice. Gone for seven seventy-five. That quick. He moved in. And that farmer comes up, and he takes a look at his Babe Ruth, little tiny shrimp. The farmer weighed about 12 pounds, you know, the kind of, the last guy in the world, you know, who should own an eight-and-a-half-foot-high Babe Ruth. Now, what made that, that ding-dong bid on that, I don't know. He just looked at it, you know, and he paid over the 775. He took out this wallet. When he opened it up, you could see moths flying out of it, you know, that kind of guy. See, and he just opens up, he lays the dough on him, and I just stood around, sort of watched. It's kind of raining a little bit, see? Raining a little bit. I'm fooling around. A couple of horse collars went, you know, six bits. Somebody bid, uh, you know, bid a bookcase up to a dollar and a half. Finally, I said to my buddy, I said, come on, John. I said, I'm getting bored. Let's go. You know, we get in this car. And I, while we're driving out, I see this farmer with about six other guys. They're loading Babe Ruth in the back of a pickup truck. You know, he's going in sideways. They're putting him in. Well, that ain't the end of the story, friends. I mean, it's 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 irritating. Of course, to begin with, uh, what would I have done with an eight and a half foot high Babe Ruth? I was living in a dormitory about the size of your average closet, but it would have been kind of groovy to have it there. You know, that'd been a hell of a you know roommate. But. uh I don't know. I just wanted it. 
And I didn't bid on it. That chicken took over at the wrong time. And I could hear that chicken. He was getting louder with every bid. You know, bark, 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 bark. You got a big date Saturday. Ha, ha. You know, what are you going to do? You know, save your dough. Save it for a rainy day. What are you going to do? You know, don't let them do it. They're cheating you. That, uh, it's made out of cardboard. Bark, 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 bark. Yeah. Well, many of us go through life like that with chickens clucking away inside of us constantly. Many a chicken has led a guy right down the primrose path to destruction and anonymity. Oh, yeah, many guys... I mean, look, many a guy's afraid to divorce his wife because of that chicken. That chicken said, buck, 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 who else will have you? Ha, <laughs> buck, You know, that kind of stuff, see? Well, anyway, that's the way life is. you got to put up with that big old chicken. And so I did, you know, the chicken won out, and on the way back, you know, the chicken's purring away down inside of me. Because once the chicken wins in you, the chicken feels a great sense of a victory. You know, this is a victory for the chicken. And the chicken went, bark, 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 you know, bark, 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 bark. And I thought, you know, when the chicken wins, you begin to talk like the chicken. And so my buddy John says to me, he says, how come you didn't buy it? You know, that looked great. You know, if I if I was living alone, I think I'd have got that Babe Ruth statue. And I said, Oh well, after all, it's probably not the, you know, it's a, not a very good statue. And and the, what the hell? Uh, what would I have done with an eight foot statue? And you couldn't have put it in the back of a Nash here, you know, ridiculous. You know, he had a, he had one of these little Nashes, you know, the the Metropolitan, the kind with the forty horsepower Austin engine in it, you know. And uh, we had lucky to even get a shopping bag, you know, full of old bones in the back of that seat there. See. So I'm making up all these reasons why it was just as well that I didn't buy it. So I get back to my dormitory, and gradually Babe Ruth faded out of my mind. I had a few sleepless nights, that's all. Now I'm going to lay upon you why this is one of the great tragedies of my life. Shepard is sitting in a barber shop. You know, you never expect to get the the truth laid on you when you're sitting there waiting to get your hair cut, you know, there's a pile of old papers and old National Geographics and stuff like that, sitting there, you know, you know, this, you know all those old magazines, raggle-taggle playboys and, and the ripped-up magazines, so I just picked up a magazine at random, and it was one of these, uh, one of these crummy-looking men-type magazines, you know, with a cover that says, I shot 422 Japs at Iwo Jima. You know, it shows this guy, blood pouring off of him, and a machine gun in one hand, you know, and he's got an M1 in the other, and he's throwing grenades with his feet. You know, you've seen those, you know, <laughs> inside the real story of a land of Amazons. You know, that, that, uh, you've seen those magazines. So I'm looking at this rotten magazine. I just leave and went, what the hell do I come across? full-page picture of the Sultan of Swat. It wasn't Babe Ruth. It was the statue. Do you know what the caption read? No, friend. $103,000. One hundred and three grand, the Sultan of Swat went. The Babe Ruth statue, which I had ignored completely, I read the story, was done by a leading sculptor of the 1930s. It was done for a private client, and it was done from life. 
And the piece went on to say that the sculptor had been lost for many years. You damn well right it had been lost for many years. That little shrimp with the overalls had it. Behind his barn, that's what. And it said it was discovered by a Philadelphia art collector, restored to its full pristine beauty, and went to a West Coast museum for 105 bananas. I read that, see, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, while I'm sitting there reading this piece, I hear down inside my gut, bark, 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 that damn chicken! I said, listen, chicken, I had enough of you, chicken. You were giving me bad advice all my life. I said, if I ever listen to you again, chicken, so help me God. If I ever listen to you again, I deserve anything I get. Okay? And ever since that time, George, have you ever wondered why I don't seem to give a damn for anything? I never listened to the chicken. That chicken keeps yelling. He is in a pen now. Matter of fact, I may even have him with a little barbecue sauce one of these days. Do him on the hibachi. But I never listen again. He's told me a lot of bad things. But somewhere in a museum right tonight, with dim lights on it, I can just see by the 21st century... There will be great bands of thieves led by George Hamilton. You know, George Hamilton's always in these uh, jewel robbery, museum robbery things, you know. He'll, they'll be lowering him down from the ceiling with the suction cups and the, that rubber suit they wear in all those movies. And they will be attempting to steal the priceless Babe Ruth relic worth billions. Ain't nobody out looking for a second-hand chicken, authentic used chicken. Mind if I sing here a bit? Oh, five foot two, eyes are blue, but oh, 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 them five feet of blue. Has anybody seen my girl? Oh, yeah. Has anybody seen my girl? Now, if you run into five foot two all covered with fur, she's got diamond rings and all those things. You better laugh at it. You know, I could have got that statue, not the money involved, not the money, 
Not the money, although that would have been kind of nice. That's kind of nice bread to see coming in, you know. But it isn't the money, George. It's the fact that I doubted my artistic judgment. That deep inside of me, I was making a gut judgment. And we often do this. What is a gut judgment? It's a judgment that says, without any thinking, there's no intellectualizing. It just says, it's great, grab it. That's a gut judgment. Now, I don't tell you that you should always obey your gut judgments because uh, I have known many people who have followed their instincts, but they never had any good instincts. So they was always following the wrong, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. What bugged me is that I knew somehow that something said to me, that's great. That's a fine, great statue. Now, since that time, I've had many, many chances to buy concrete Mexicans. I've had chances to buy, uh, well, I, I know where I can get a set of seven dwarfs. Dopey, grumpy. I, I, I can buy plenty of uh, plastic pink flamingos. But I forever missed my chance. I'll tell you one other thing I missed out on. It's kind of bugged me since. It's really bugged me. Do you know that I once had the chance in another auction to buy the stuffed head of an authentic male African elephant. Now, that's a hell of a head. That, that, with the trunk, the trunk was curled up. I mean, it, it was fantastic. It would have filled this whole studio. I could have got that for maybe 25 bucks at the time. I don't know what it would go for now. But what a great thing to have. I don't, I, you know, uh, it's, it's not in the same league with that Babe Ruth. But somehow, you know, to sit under the trunk of that elephant at night, you know, when you're watching an old Tarzan movie, somehow, it was, you know, it's just, it's just a personal thing. I, uh, I got nothing against elephants. I almost bought another thing that same day. I could have got myself an umbrella holder. You know, an umbrella holder? You ever seen an umbrella? No, I don't, I'm not an umbrella man, but they had an umbrella holder. See, it was filled with canes. I could have got an umbrella holder filled with old canes, but the umbrella holder was made out of the hollowed-out foot of a hippopotamus. <laughs> it had the knee even there. Big, you know, it's got toenails, you know. It I booted it. Could have got that for about $4. Probably the ugliest thing I ever saw, but gee whiz, you know. Not every guy's got a hippopotamus foot sitting in the corner of his room, you know. And what stopped me? I'll tell you what stopped me. What stopped me from buying it? I'll tell you. So, friends, all I can say tonight is the moral of tonight's little little sermon. Those of you in the congregation, for God's sake, stop listening to that chicken. Forget it. If Hitler listened to that chicken, he'd have still been messing around trying to put up wallpaper in Vienna. Right. If Attila the Hun had listened to the chicken, he would have been a sheepherder in Lower Bavaria. Right. If Mussolini had listened to the chicken, Mussolini would be still today selling pretzels in the Rome railroad station. Now you're going to say to me, yeah, but those were all bad guys, but they sure as hell got there. That's right. So all I got to say, friends, is that chicken, that... <laughs> that little voice down inside, that's the worst thing that happens to a man.
my God, ain't it the truth? Five foot ten. I said, oh, 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 what's that five foot to do? I said, what? My God. Stay tuned for Lester Smith on the news. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.